Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking at dinner or cutting the grass, which you turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. Because the Lord's like, I am going to have the church look like he wants it to look like. Like God wants his church to look the way he plans it to look like. And I said, Lord, I don't know how to do that. He goes, well, I want you to start uh, learning how to do that. And I want you to help the people learn how to do that. And I said, well, what do we look at to see that? And he said, look at me. He said, you know, I was called an apostle. Jesus was called an apostle just one time. He said, but I want you to look at me and I want you to see how I did everything. And that's how you're supposed to do it. Okay. How many want to be apostolic people, right? Full of the power of God, filled with the spirit of the living God. Whoa. Holy spirit led doing what God wants. I want everyone here and those watching, get a vision for that. Your life is going to look a lot different, right? Everything led by the Holy Spirit. Every conversation led by the Holy Spirit. Everything needed that comes out of your mouth, full of the power of God. That is not just for apostles. That is for God's people. That's for believers in Jesus Christ. So I, so I started this journey to see, okay, Jesus, let's see how you did ministry. So I want everybody to open up their hearts right now, watching this, hearing this later, watching it um, on YouTube later or whatever. I want everybody to really open up your thinking and, and let God make it so real to you. He wants you to have his power flowing out. He wants you to lay hands on your grandbabies if you've got grandbabies and, and watch them get healed. He wants you to pray over your home and no sickness comes into your home. He wants you to uh, talk to your neighbors and pray for them and they get healed or you have a word of knowledge or whatever and they find Jesus Christ, okay? And so I want everybody to break free from any mindset that says this is just for the fivefold ministry. That's a lie. I want you to break free from any mindset that says, well, God could never use me like that. God can use everybody. The more you get out of the way, the more he can use you, right? Because it's, he, he's Christ in us. It's Christ in us. So the biggest thing you want to do is get so free of being self-conscious. You want to get so free of thinking this has anything to do with you. Huh. So let's go to John 5, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation, all right? So Jesus returned to Jerusalem to, desert, to observe one of the Jewish, Jewish holy days. So I want you to get this. When God himself came on planet Earth in flesh, he was okay with the traditions as far as the holy days, what the Father has honored in the old covenant. And Jesus was part of that. Isn't that kind of cool? He didn't come trying to rebel against everything and start something totally different. Okay, he came to fulfill the old covenant to say this is over and now this is what all that was pointing to. All right. And everything when he left, you know, when Jesus was taken up, he says all authority was given to him and he gives it to us. 
So what is everything waiting on now? Everything now is waiting on the bride of Christ to move, which, which is a, a people of God without spot or blemish, a people of God who've been made holy by the Holy Spirit and a life that's yielded to God and wanting to do things the way God does things. When that happens, then we're going to be ready to uh, reveal him, right? We're going to be revealing him in a powerful way. I want everybody to get vision. This is not going to be some wimpy little church that's going to be taken out of here. It's going to be a people so sold out to God. They would lay everything down for God, whatever he wants, if, whatever he wants. His, your life belongs to him for his glory, for his glory, just like what Jesus did. So here's Jesus. He observed one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the sheep gate, there is a pool in Arabic, in the house of loving, it's called the house of loving kindness. And this pool is surrounded by covered porches. Hundreds of sick people were laying there on the porches. So I want you to see this. So there's this pool and there's hundreds of people, it must be pretty big, it's hundreds of people on these porches laying around. There's this paralyzed, the blind, the crippled. All of them are waiting and hoping to be healed. It says an angel of God would periodically descend into the pool to stir the waters. And the first one who stepped into the pool after the waters stirred would instantly be healed. So there was an anticipation and it was worth it to them to sit there and sit there, not knowing for sure when those waters were going to stir, but wanting to jump into those waters. Now, I'm not going to get into any theological teaching on this because truthfully, I have never studied this enough to do any theological teaching on this. I can say prophetically, it's clear that this would mean you never know when God is going to move in a certain way and you want to be there and you don't want to be the last one in. You've got to have an expectation. You've got to have a desire to trust God, to know he's a healing God, all right? Now, there was a man who had been disabled for 38 years who would always lay there among the sick. 38 years. How many know this guy wasn't giving up? How many know this guy knew that somebody had gotten healed there before? I mean, how many know if nobody had ever gotten healed there, then people wouldn't be sitting around there? Okay. And, and I believe that's why people still go to healing ministries, you know, Benny Hinn and different... Um, when he was doing those big crusades, people would go, even though maybe, you know, maybe 50 or so would get healed, you would have a thousand there or more, probably more than a thousand, there believing to be healed, right? And, and they'd keep going and standing in line and everything else to maybe be one of the ones to be healed. Now, there was a man who had been disabled 38 years lying among the multitude of the sick. When Jesus saw him laying there, he knew that the man had been crippled for a long time. So Jesus says to him, do you truly long to be healed? Now we're watching real apostolic ministry. How many know that we've seen Jesus move in the, the gift of the word of knowledge? So he could have known the Holy Spirit could have shown him, right? But he was asking. So everybody's got to get away from thinking that you always have to have the gift of knowledge and tell the person what's going on with them. And that's an awesome gift. And we, we actually watched that on one of the other videos here. You can find it. And, and we talked about how Jesus found a powerful evangelist and saved an entire uh, small you know, community by that gift. But here we see Jesus in this. That was all in chapter in John 4 and John 5. We see Jesus not using that gift, right? We see Jesus actually asking the man 
Do you truly long to be healed? So I believe he's showing us some people don't want to be healed. Some people don't really want to be healed. So why would somebody not want to be healed? Because they don't want to give up their disability check. Because they've gotten used to people doing things for them and taking care of things for them. They, in some strange way, like the attention of other people having to take care of them. I'm, I'm not saying this is a matter, but there's a serious issue. Do you really want to be healed? I think the Lord knew this man was probably pretty serious since he's been sick for 38 years and he was sitting there for many, many years waiting for the healing anointing to come. But I really believe he's showing us when we minister, we need to make people check their motives. We need to really make people, are you willing to do anything God wants you to do? How he wants you to do it. So if the Lord says, you know, if you feel the Holy Spirit is saying you need to take that person to this ministry or you need to go to that church service or you better go to that conference and then you start all the, well, I don't know, it might cost too much and this, you're not really believing that you're going to be healed or this person's going to be healed. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and I'm, I'm, in the book I'm writing um, uh, called To Save a Life, A Journey to Spirit-Led Spiritual Warfare. That's the name of the book, To Save a Life. And part of that was that young couple constantly didn't get what they were asking for. But they had so I, I, as I'm saying this, I, I believe there's people here that you've had something 30 years, you've had something 15 years. Well, that's just the way it is. You need to shake yourself and say, wait a minute. Jesus would be saying to me right now, you don't really want to be healed. You're not really going after it anymore. You're not really building your faith anymore. You're not really going deeper in this. And so, so here is part of true ministry to actually talk to the person and find out if they're serious about being healed. Are they serious about saving their marriage? Are they serious about saving a relationship? Are they serious about um, seeing people in their family saved? Are they serious about um, having a financial breakthrough, starting a ministry? Do you understand what I'm saying? There's this point to have to ask, am I serious about this? And to me, this is kind of the Lord saying, you know, real ministry, apostolic ministry, it's not going to be casual. I think it's become way too casual. I'm not talking about being laid back and enjoying yourself and not having to dress up. I'm talking about in your mentality, it's become too casual. We've lost the respect for the, the holiness of what God is doing, the reverence and the fear of the Lord that, wow, look what he paid to heal us. So here's Jesus. Do you truly long to be healed? The sick man answered him. Sir, there's no way I can get healed, for I have no one who will lower me into the water when the angel comes. As soon as I try to crawl to the edge of the pool, someone else jumps in ahead of me. Now, this man, I don't believe, is making excuses. I don't believe he's just half-hearted about being healed. Why do I think that? Because Jesus would have known that, right? He would have known you're just justifying. He actually got the picture of this man who wants to be healed so much that over and over he still sits there and he's just probably thinking, please, God, don't let anybody get in ahead of me. Please, God, help me to get to the front. Help me to crawl faster. It's almost like he had to walk to get his healing and he was there so he could walk, right? So Jesus had this compassion and Jesus says to him, stand up, pick up your sleeping mat and you will walk. 
So what did what 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 moved this powerful example of an apostle, our Lord Jesus Christ? He is flesh filled with the, with the power of God. He is God, and we're not going to get into all that today. We've teaching on that, but he chose to become a human being, just as us, but still filled with the Holy Spirit, totally filled with the Holy Spirit, showing us what that would look like, because that's what we're supposed to look like. And he obviously didn't look any different. This man didn't know who he was. He just said, sir. But Jesus, when he sees that this man really wants to be healed, and all he's waiting for is someone to help him, he says, stand up. Pick up your sleeping mat and you will walk. Now, here's a key. This man who hadn't walked for 38 years believed him. He believed him. So something about Jesus caused this man to have instant faith to believe he could walk. Right? So how many know that could, there's probably a powerful anointing on Jesus Christ, right? And when he's talking to somebody and virtue, we, we see in scripture, virtue comes out of him. Well, obviously he wasn't touching the man. There was a presence of God around Jesus. Holy Spirit was there. The angels were there. And we can also see that when you look in scripture and you see Peter, who was an apostle, you know, goes through the, by, people would put people in the streets if they thought his shadow. And I don't think they thought a shadow healed anybody. It was kind of telling us how close they tried to get to Peter so that, Whatever was the presence of God around Peter would bring healing to them. And they literally must have seen that to line people up in the streets and wait for him to walk by. How many know we got a ways to go? How many know you let people call themselves apostles, but I haven't seen people lining up in the streets hoping you'll get barely close enough, not even have to touch them, but close enough that they'll get healed. How many want to start believing that God's going to do a big thing in this day and he wants it to be you? He wants you to be the one who walks in this combat. See, God's going to get the most glory and the largest harvest if we all realize he wants all of us to do this. And we've got to start stepping out in faith with some of these things. Now, the man immediately stood up. So I want you to know this too. If you feel God's presence and you're really believing, you need to act on that immediately with real faith. Okay, it's not for me to go and make somebody get a wheelchair. I mean, pull them up. No, they need to see something real and, and feel the presence of God in a real way that they stand up. Then Jesus said to him, stand up, pick up your sleeping mat, and you will walk. Immediately stood up. He was healed. He rolled up his mat and walked again. Now, this miracle took place on the Jewish Sabbath. Can you imagine 38 years and this man you hardly know? He doesn't know he's the Messiah. Wow. How many realize there must be something powerful coming out when Jesus speaks? There's an authority. There's something of divine faith. There's something of divine power that comes out of Jesus's, come, comes out when Jesus speaks, right? Like the person could feel it. The person knew something real was going on. How many know we need to spend more time with God? How many know we need to quit being so busy that we don't start to get serious about who he calls us to be and start doing these things? Start doing these things and, and do them till they work. But do it in faith. All right. 
So when the Jewish leaders saw the man walking along carrying a sleeping mat, they objected and said, what are you doing carrying that? Don't you know it's the Sabbath? It's not lawful for you to carry things on the Sabbath. The man answered, the man who healed me told me to pick it up and walk. So here is a guy to get his healing had to throw out religious traditions and religious spirit and listening to leadership that was walking under an old um, way of doing things. Uh, if he had thrown down his mat and denied what happened to him, I don't know if he would have kept his healing. But he didn't care, right? You, I just got healed. I want us to begin to be people who share and aren't afraid to share when God's healed us. I mean, I'm looking in this room and I see miracle after miracle of healings. I don't think we're sharing it with enough people, to be quite honest, because honestly, this place should be full. This place should be full. People should want to hang out with you. If you had a Bible study, they should want to come to your house. They should want to hear, how did you know that? How did that happen? Were you there? Were you an eyewitness? What's going on? We need to get that kind of hunger and, and reality of how powerful that is when God does a healing. So the guy says, but the healed man couldn't give them an answer for he didn't yet know who it was since Jesus has slipped away into the crowd. Well, look at Jesus. He wasn't sitting there trying to advertise, look, I just healed this person. Look what I just did. So we need that humility, right? Come on, everybody knows that's lacking in the church. Jesus knew he did not heal the man to build a ministry. He healed the man because the man was asking God to heal him. So as God's raising up true apostles, true apostolic people, true ministers, their motive has got to get purified. My motive has got to get purified. Jesus healed this man and then slipped away. He didn't even tell him who he was yet. This is, isn't this funny? If you go watch the teaching we did from John 4 about the um, Samaritan woman, he told her right away he was the Messiah. It was like he did almost the complete opposite with her than he did with this. What does that tell us? This is not about formulas. This is not about formulas. This is about being led by the Holy Spirit. A short time later, Jesus found the man at the temple and said to him, don't you love this? Here's Jesus. How many know he's God? How many knows he's really busy? How many knows he's healing people and, and preaching and teaching all these things? And yet he comes back around. He's not afraid that the Pharisees are looking for him and upset with him. He comes back around and finds the man. How cool is that? Can I tell you, God doesn't forget you after you get your miracle. And he comes back around and, and he says, look at you now, you're healed. Now walk away from your sins so that nothing worse will happen to you. Wow. Jesus, not me. Jesus made the connection between sin and sickness. And I encourage everybody listening to this, watching this, go to beautyforashes.org, join our, our, go to our partner page. You can get it free if you don't have any money or try it for a month and see. And go listen to teaching about these kind of things. You know, um, here is Jesus making a sin and sickness connection. 
And I have a ton of teaching on healing the brokenhearted places. And if you don't do that and you let sin in because of how you've been hurt, how it will physically show up in your body. And so here's, where's that at in the Bible? Jesus himself said it, right? Jesus came back around to a man who he just watched get healed. And he's pretty much warning him, you better deal with your sin issues. You better quit sinning so nothing worse will happen to you. You don't hear people preach that much, do you? Jesus cared about his future. Jesus knew his sin issues. Jesus knew if he continues to sin or goes back to that sin, he's going to be in worse shape. And he warns him. How cool is Jesus? The man went to the Jewish leaders to inform them. It was Jesus who healed me. He's all excited. I love this guy. So from that day forward, the Jewish leaders began to persecute Jesus because of the things he did on the Sabbath. And we're going to end, we're going to end this uh, with this, and we're going to do a, a, another part, a part two about this, but we're going to look at why was Jesus not afraid of the last move of God? Why was he not afraid of the leaders in the organized um, Jewish religion that Jesus honored, that he was brought up in? Why was he able to not be bothered if he went against what they were saying. And that's something that we're all going to have to get to as God's going to take us into what is up and coming for the church. And so I encourage you to look on here and find out um, a teaching about why would Jesus come against church leaders? Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there and there's a resource uh, library there. And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.